You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. That's a blessing. All right. Good. I'm on on this side. We good? Yes? No? All right. All right. Keep your Bibles out, Matthew 16. And give me a little bit more volume. Can you hear me? All right, I can't hear Why me. should so I feel I guess if you can hear me, uh, the problem is if I can't hear me, then I just Why get louder and louder. And so your ears will start bleeding. And so, all right, Why Matthew 16 and verse number 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell when Jesus shall not prevail against it. You know, in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a series, we're going to be in a series on Sunday nights, and I've entitled it Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. We are in a world where nobody or people, identities have all of a sudden become unknown. And everything that was established has been undermined to where there are no absolutes. You know, as a believer, we've got to make sure that we know who we are. We've got to know who we are. And tonight, we're going to be looking at identity crisis for starting with the church. The mission of the church. You know, as we look around the world today, churches are changing dramatically. It just came out this week that the that the Mennonite church is now embracing the LGBTQ. Now that's unreal. And if you think about, go ahead and bring me down just a little bit. Now we got an echo. Uh, but uh, no, bring me back up. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. It is a terrible place to sit back there when uh, things aren't quite right. Uh, but uh, the Mennonite Church is now embracing the LGBTQ community. You know what? If somebody uh, comes in our doors and they're LGBTQ, they're uh, gay, lesbian, we're going to love them. And we are going to try to, to help them. We are going to try to uh, get the gospel to them. But we're not gonna. We're not going to accept sin. But what's happening all around us is that churches are now trying to change to embrace a culture, and the church is losing its identity. We were we were just down. I'm not sure where we were at in Fresno area, not quite down to Fresno. And uh, we passed the church, and the, the, the name of the church was Recycled Congregants. That was the name of the church. And I know he watches me. What's that? But you know what's happening is they're trying to figure out something new. They're trying to figure out something that is cool. What's wrong with church? 
And I know he watches. But what's happening is the church is losing its identity. Churches don't even want to say church on the sign because it might have a negative connotation. Let me tell you something. If church has a negative connotation, it should have a negative connotation in the world. But something that is right doesn't have a negative connotation. Why are we allowing the world to dictate who we are? Why are we looking at the world to see, well, what are they going to accept? And the church is losing its identity, and it's happening uh, all around us. So we have identity, then identity crisis is the, the theme of this series. Uh, but you have identity, and then you have crisis. And these two words are, are definitely words that are more, there's more topic and substance than what we could hit uh, in a service. But tonight we're going to just look at the mission of the church the mission of the church. There are books being written and research being done to assimilate and diagnose the condition of the church. Trying to figure out what is going on with the church. The term church, of course, is all-encompassing when when you're looking at this data and research. But regardless, there is a lot of concern about the future of the church. Why? Because the church keeps changing. And pretty soon, the church will not have an identity as a church. It will, it will have morphed into something else. There, is, there was a time we look at, back at, we call it the dark ages. Why was it dark? Because the church went underground. The church lost its identity. And if we're not careful, that could happen again. If we're not careful, the whole movement and Christian uh, or, or church movement, if you would, if you want to call it that, uh, the, the church, as what the world looks at it, uh, is, is becoming something other than what God had established it as. Now, in Matthew 16, 18, and we say, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. This is the, the, the law of first mention. The first mention of church in the Word of God or in the, the New Testament is right here, Matthew 16, 18. And then the Lord said, I will build my church. And so that church, it belongs to him. He's the one that has the right to give it an identity. He's the one that has the right to define it, sort of like marriage. Amen. Sort of like man. Amen. Uh, Sort of like woman. All right. Uh, God is the one that, he he is the definer. He is the one that starts it. He's the one that creates. And he is the one that is able to give the definition and define it. Now, when it comes to church, it is not your job, it is not my job to change the church. It's not our church. Now, I am all for us having uh, the spirit of ownership, as in uh, 
personally saying, this is my church. This is where I assemble. This is where I worship. This is where uh, I come to gather and serve the Lord. And, and that I, I want us to have that. But the reality is, this is not our church. It's God's. Christ is the head of the church. The pastor is not the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. Uh, and the pastor has no right to change the church. Uh, up in Washington State, uh, there was a pastor, I, I lost his name, uh, but he went around with a, uh, with, and took a poll, uh, a survey, and went door to door in a very affluent neighborhood and asked what people wanted in a church. And he took that poll and it was drama and it was activities, and it was music, and it was entertainment. And he put a business plan together. And he gave that community what they wanted, and he has a large church. But that's not God's church. The Lord said, I will build my church. And not only did he say, I will build my church, he is going to build his church on the methods that he has given us in Scripture. The message and the methods. And we've got to be careful that we don't allow ourselves uh, to decide that we are going to change. Uh, someone said this, what, talking about the church, what's at stake is not the future of denominations, church buildings, or the jobs of pastors. What's at stake are the souls of thousands of people who don't see any need for Christ, much less his church. And really, when it comes down to it, the identity of the church, it is sliding. And we've got to make sure that we dig our heels in. We've got to make sure that we are not allowing ourselves to slide. You know what? Contemporary is easy. Because that's what everybody does. It's the majority contemporary. Contemporary, just talking about what is going on around you. Contemporary in time. Contemporary in and uh, uh, in the methods, and we've got to be careful that we don't allow ourselves uh, to change the mission because the mission has not changed. So let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for your goodness. I pray that you'd help us tonight. Uh, just stir us. I pray that you would help us to be challenged in our faith. I pray that you would help us uh, to recognize the battle that is going on around us and that we would truly uh, realize that there's a battle that's raging about the church and may we uh, be stable and steadfast. Uh, may we, we recognize, Lord, you have a plan and we need to stick to your plan. And so I pray that you would give us help and guidance. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. Uh, tonight, number one, the mission of the church has not changed. The mission of the church has not changed. It's not changed. And you know what? It's not going to change. It doesn't matter if it's first century. It doesn't matter if it's uh, 21st century, 22nd. doesn't matter what the century is. Uh, the Lord, uh, the mission that he has given us from 
first century until now uh, has not changed. Uh, no matter the state of the culture, no matter the mi- but the mission itself has not changed. Now, uh, so we're going to address a couple of the things that I'm seeing uh, with the church. The mission is not political. The mission of the church is not political. Now, though preaching and teaching morals, it does impact the political world. But the mission of the church is not politics. The mission of the church is not putting people in office. That's not the mission of the church. Now, am I saying that good people shouldn't get involved in politics? I'm not saying that they should not. But the reality is, that's not the mission of the church. And, and we've got we've to be careful that we don't cross some lines to where we feel like now it's our job to start filling seats in politics because all of a sudden we will find ourselves sucked into it. And it has happened over the years. Now, as a pastor, I'm, and I think pastors should have a voice, I believe pastors should use their voice to help uh, 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 t- Teach the people, uh, give, give uh, 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 counsel in the area of politics because politics does impact us in our world and in the life, uh, the life of the church, the life of the people. But the mission of the church is not politics. That's, that's not what we are to be about. That's not what the purpose is. Uh, pastors should help guide the flock. But the mission is not Sacramento uh, and the capital. The mission is not Washington, D.C., though there are people to reach there. But the mission is not politics. That is not uh, the mission. The mission is not political. The mission is not social. The mission is not social. Now, the social justice movements that are going on. That's, that is not the platform for the church. That's not the mission of the church. By definition, social justice, it has four basic tenets. Distributive, determining who gets what. Procedural, uh, determining how fairly people are treated. Ret- ret- Retributive, uh, retributive, uh, uh, based on punishment and restorative uh, ties to restore relationships of rightness. But social justice, it's not the mission of the church. That's not why we're we are here. Uh, just uh, in recent uh, year, in the last year, uh, the BLM movement, Black Lives Matters movement. That's not the that's not the mission of the church. I got pressured to engage in the Black Lives Matter movement when that was all being, all of that was going on. And we lost some people because I did not. It's not the mission. Now you give it a little bit of time and just as time has revealed, uh, that movement wasn't about Black Lives Matter. That's not what it was about. But do black lives matter? Absolutely. And Asian lives matter, and uh, Arab lives matter, and Hmong lives matter, and Hispanic lives matter, and Caucasian lives matter. Every life matters. But that wasn't good enough for that crowd. And, And with that, that social justice movement, 
It was, it was trying to pressure everybody to buy into their cause. That is not the cause of the church. That's not the mission of the church, uh, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement, the Me Too movement a few years back. You know what? There are injustices in this world. There are. And there are sins that take place. You know what? We, we need to stand on truth. But our job as a church is not to get sucked into the, into the crowd and into the culture of this world. We are not to be pulled into their cause. We're just keep, keep the focus, the cause of Christ. The mission of the church, that identity. We'll start losing our identity when we start in, engaging and embracing all of these other causes. Uh, so the, the mission of the church is not political. Uh, the mission of the church is not social. It's not social justice. And it's not socializing. Socializing. Churches are turning into social clubs. And that's not what the church is designed to be. The church's mission is not about socializing. Do you have your Bible tonight? All right, I'm going to destroy something, that a word that, that we use so flippantly. The word fellowship has nothing to, to do with fun and food. Now, I'm all for fun and food. We're going to have some tonight, amen? amen. I'm all for that. But that is not the biblical definition of the word fellowship. We take fellowship and we throw it into the spirit, we spiritualize socializing. But that term, biblically, has nothing to do with getting together and having food. All right, get your Bibles out. We're going to look at a bunch of verses. Go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. But uh, uh, the term fellowship is used 15 times in the New Testament. It is not used for fun and for food. Fellowship, uh, kanonia, uh, and it means uh, participation. Uh-oh. Well, come on now. Participation. Not spectators. Participation and not participation in food. All right? It, the word literally means the act of sharing in the activities and privileges of an intimate, so, or an intimate association or group, especially church and marriage. So here, what it's talking about, it is talking about a common bond. A common bond. A common 
purpose, a shared purpose. Marriage, a shared identity. Communion, we are one. Uh, relationship, common labor or cause. That's what this word fellowship means. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, look at verse number 3. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. What was it? It was that they were, they were taking up an offering. Uh, the Gentile believers were taking up an offering. They were giving it to the Apostle Paul, and they came to Paul, and they said, uh, with much entreaty, uh, they wanted him uh, to be uh, to take on the the uh, uh, ministering fellowship of the ministering to the saints. What was it? He was he was coming alongside to help this group to participate in meeting the needs that they had. Why? Because there was a common bond. There was a common purpose. And here they, the believers were giving uh, for that, but the fellowship of the ministering to the saints, that fellowship there uh, was service. It was co-laboring. It was sharing a common cause to help uh, these believers in meeting those needs. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians chapter 2. Look with me at verse number 9, Galatians 2, verse 9. And when, James and, uh, and when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave uh, to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go into the heathen, they unto the circumcision. This right hand of fellowship. Uh, what was this? This, it was a, it was a, uh, I, it was showing that common cause. Uh, they were in agreement on the, the necessity of, uh, of getting out and sharing uh, the, the good news of the gospel. Uh, and so that fellowship there, it was all about the mission. It wasn't anything about food. It wasn't anything about uh, fun. Go to Ephesians chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse number 9. Ephesians 3, 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from the, uh, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. What is he talking about here? He's talking about discipleship. He's talking about the teaching uh, and sharing uh, the, the mystery of God's Word, opening up God's Word. It is, it is, it's not just about getting together and having fun. It is about building one another up. Why? Because we have a common cause. Ephesians 5.11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Fellowship, again, saying have no communion, have no agreement with, have be not a part of their cause. 
And, and so fellowship, Philippians 1, 3 through 5, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Your partnership in the gospel, your cooperation in the gospel, in the cause of God. That's what that fellowship was about. Uh, Philippians 2, 1, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies. What do we find? We just find that word fellowship, and it's not tying to food. It's not tying to fun. And, and over and over again, Philippians 3.10, 1 John 1.3, 1 John 1, 6 and 7. But over and over again, what are we finding? We are finding that uh, the word fellowship is being misused, misapplied, and with that, uh, it is it is revealing how churches are putting so much emphasis on the fun and the fellowship, but not on working together for a common cause. You see, the mission of the church is not political. The mission of the church is not social justice, and the mission of the church is not socializing. The mission of the church is not movie night. Don't get quiet. The mission of the church is not concerts. Don't get quiet. We are substituting all these things. Why? In an effort to just get people to come. And I am for reaching people in the community, but let me tell you something. We don't have a right to change the mission of the church. And we don't have a right to say, well, this is what we are going to do. No, it's what does God want us to do? And we can't lose sight of what the mission is. Uh, The mission of the church is not movies, it's not uh, concerts, it's not clothes pantries. Pastor, you're against clothes pantries. No, I'm not. But that's not mission. Could it be an extra? Absolutely, but it's not the mission. And what we find is all these extras are becoming the main thing. And what happens to the main thing? It gets tossed out the window. And we've got to make sure that we are not allowing our desires to want our church to become something that is not mission-oriented. Because you know why? It's if we start looking at all these other things and think, oh, we got to do this, and we got to do this, and we got to do this, yeah, pretty soon we don't have anybody for running a, teaching a Sunday school class. People don't have time to be a part of a soul-winning ministry. You know, it's amazing, Bible studies are not the biggest turnouts. You know what the biggest turnouts are? Fellowships. Food, fun. I've got time for those. What's happening our mindset is getting skewed. And we got to come back and recognize, listen, the mission of the church 
Those are not, that's not the mission of the church. It's not movies, it's not concerts, it's not food pantries, it's not food banks. We've got a food bank, but the mission of the church is not food banks. Mission of the church, it's not basketball leagues. It's not kids' t-ball. Amen. It's not social clubs. The mission of the church is the gospel. It's the gospel. Publicly, privately, the mission of the church. Now, the church is not this building. It's you. And the mission of the church, that means your mission don't get quiet. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Brother Franklin was there this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 1. 1 Corinthians 15, 1. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye, what? Stand. Wherein ye stand. Uh, And churches are not standing on the gospel. The mission of the churches are sliding away from the gospel. And we've got to push a reset button. We've got to dig our heels in. We've got to recognize that that is the pressure. That is the normal. And we've got to say, listen, the church uh, and, and the mission of the church is the gospel. And with that mission of the church, it's not just my job to stand. It's your job to stand. It's not just my job to share the gospel. It's your job to share the gospel. Uh, we were out soul winning yesterday. Uh, and Brother Brian and uh, myself, we went door knocking. And then we saw Brother Chris. Uh, and we saw Brother uh, Joseph. And they were out. We are all in the same area. And then after we finished those areas up, uh, I've got a fishing hole that I like to go soul winning at. Uh, just some place where uh, I just get the gospel out. When I go there, sometimes I knock on doors and areas and and. And you just don't get to open up the gospel. Well, there's an area uh, over here not too far from us. And, and uh, people are just a little bit more open to the gospel. So uh, I run over there. And I want to talk to somebody about the Lord. Uh, and there was a high Hispanic population. And knocking on doors. And, and no hablo inglés. Hey, Brother Chris, come over. And Brother Chris is running over. And blah, 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 speaking in tongues. Uh, and then uh, go to the next door. And uh, all of a sudden, brother, uh, brother Brian was like, hey, Brother Chris. And he's running over there. And it was just, I mean, we were talking to everybody. Uh, and it was just such an encouragement. I, I got to talk to a 14-year-old teenage boy and shared my testimony, shared uh, the gospel with him. And when I told him that I got saved at 14, I mean, all of a sudden it went from I'm just sort of listening to he keyed in. And uh, uh, he got saved yesterday. And what a blessing. Let me tell you something. The, the mission is the gospel. It's the gospel. But it's not just my mission, it's your mission. Why? 
Because it's the mission of the church. What is the church? It's the, the assembly uh, of baptized believers. It is the assembly of God's people. And you and I are the church. And what happens? We assemble on Sundays. We assemble on Wednesdays. Uh, but we go back out into this, this uh, uh, world. And when we go back out into this world, the church is supposed to be impacting the world in which we engage. The church is not for the world. The church is not for the world. Church is for the believer. And we come here and we are encouraged and we are strengthened and we are taught and we are enlightened. Why? So we can go back out into the world and share the gospel. Mission. It's the mission. He said, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I have preached unto you, which ye also have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What do we have? The mission. It's the gospel. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses. Uh, ye shall be witnesses. Ye. That's inclusive. Individually, we are included in that. Ye shall be witnesses after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jude, uh, verse 22 and 23, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You know, we, we, we've got to be about the, the mission. Matthew 16, 18. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You know what that's saying? Gates are defensive. Gates are not offensive. You know what that's, it's just intimating that the church is on the offense against hell. We've got to be on the offense. We've got to be attacking the gates of hell. We have, we have, be, we have got to be going after those who are lost in sin. Aren't you glad somebody went after you? Aren't you glad somebody went after your parents or grandparent or whoever it was that shared the gospel with you? Uh, uh, it is so vital that we don't lose our identity as a church. It's all about mission. And the mission is the gospel. I am for community. We live here. I want to make a difference. I am for fellowship. As in food and fun. I am. But we can't get sidetracked. We can't get sidetracked. We've got to be engaged in the gospel. And being present in church is not enough. 
The word fellowship is partnership, participation in. And if the mission of the church is the gospel, we got to be participating in it. If the church loses its identity, it will also lose its purpose. The church, you and me, the church, our families, the church that called out assembly. We don't assemble to get entertained. We should assemble in obedience. We should assemble with a desire to hear, to help, to heal. We should assemble. Pre-2019, 75 churches a week were closing in America. 300 a month. 2021, the new survey went out, 93 churches a week closing. 372 a month. That's unbelievable. You know, the church can't lose its identity. When you lose your identity, all of a sudden we're just a group of people getting together. Lord said, I will build my church. I will. I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Identity crisis, the mission of the church. Now let me ask you, are you a member of the church? Are you a member of the church? If you're not, you need to be a member of the church. Are you a member of the mission? If we're a member of the church, we also need to be a member of the mission. A part. And let's do what we can. Let's not let a world that is changing, a world that does not know what the definition of a woman is, a world that does not know what a man and a woman is, or what marriage is, we can't let them cause us to lose our identity. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Put a hedge of protection around uh, this church, this body of believers. And I pray that you would help us to be focused, help us to recognize our personal responsibility uh, to be a part, uh, to participate uh, in the mission uh, that you have given to the church. And so I pray that you'd help all of us. Uh, each one of us have different opportunities and abilities, strengths, and I pray that you'd help us uh, to be committed, uh, help us to be a member, not just of the church, but a member of the mission. And so help Thank us you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.